Life on a starship has a way of taking over. I've rotated through almost every department. So many amazing, talented people. The top everyone of everything. They all know why they belong in Starfleet. For them, Starfleet has always been the destination. For me, it was where I ran to after the loss of my parents. Serving aboard Enterprise is an affirmation of this entire crew's hopes and dreams. I envy their surety. But me? I guess I'm still searching. Strange New Takes. I'm your host, Adam Bowen, and with me, the only other co-host to get off of Vallejo Beta 5 is... Emily Bowen-Marler. Welcome to Strange New Takes. Today we're covering the ninth episode of the first season of Strange New Worlds, All Those Who Wander. Follow us on social media, that's at Strange New Takes on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, Tell your friends about the podcast, and give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Helps people find us. And just so you know, we're totally going to spoil this episode, like by telling you it was a grim episode and it was a nice homage to Alien and, you know, and and <laughs> that, no, you know, we were we were making a little reference to people not getting off of Vallejo Beta 5. So, you know, we're going to spoil this episode and we may also spoil some other episodes of Star Trek or maybe spoil the movies from the Alien franchise. So who knows? It's just all it, fair game. It ends the same way as Avatar ends. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Uh, like Emily said, this is the episode All Those Who Wander. It's the ninth episode of the season. Uh, it first aired on the 30th of June, 2022. Uh, it was written by Davy Perez, uh, directed by Christopher J. Byrne. Uh, the in-universe date was 2259, and the star date does not matter. Uh but yeah, uh, I think this is the part where we get into uh, strange new takes. Uh, do you have one for me, Emily? Yeah, I was trying to think if I had a strange new take, and I had one earlier this morning, and now I can't think of what it is. So I think my strange new take is just going to be, um, yeah, I don't have one. I don't have one. I have my sweet little dog is laying here at my feet, and that's very sweet. He likes to follow me wherever I go to the point where I step on him all the time. Poor he little pup. <laughs> but he just gets under my feet. But he's not laying under my feet. He's laying under my little table I have set up here. And he is sound asleep. So it's fun to have your little your little pets joining you as you record. So there's my strange new take for life. Pretty dull. Sorry about that. My strange new take <laughs> for um, the episode would be this one affected me way more emotionally than last week's episode. So you'd think a kid like I'm I am usually a sucker for episodes that have to deal with parents saying goodbye to their children or children saying goodbye to their parents or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, what that didn't affect me last episode. But this episode, I was emotionally affected. Uh, well, I'm glad if they were, uh, if they were going to kill off Hammer, that they, they didn't do it in like a a fantasy cosplay episode. Uh, (laughs) Seriously. (laughs) Oh my gosh. 
he was being interviewed. Uh, Will Wheaton was interviewing him on the ready room. And he said, you know, like, I know that you knew going in that Hemmer was just a one season character. Um, he's like, yes, yes, I did know. And so he knew it was building up to it, building up to it. And then he said, but just all I have to say is just, just make it cool. Make it cool. <laughs> I think they succeeded in that regard. So. Yeah. The, it, it, but if it was just one episode off, it would not have been cool. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah. So for, for my strange new take, I think maybe we, we got my strange new take for the, for the episode itself already. Uh, but so for the, for, for real life, um, my strange new take is, uh, that, uh, my wife and I are going to go on a chicknic, uh, later today, which is a picnic that you take your chickens to. That's uh, awesome. So, uh, yeah, we're going to get together with the, um, the other other people in the uh, that are uh, the founded uh, Second Hand, which is the nonprofit that we use to rescue our chickens, uh, and some other people that are uh, also got their their ladies that way, and so uh, we're gonna all bring our chickens there. And I I honestly don't know if chickens like play dates. I <laughs> I feel like there's a non-zero chance that this just turns into like three hours of uh, a fight for dominance uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, hopefully they resolve their their problems uh, uh, quickly and not as brutally as the Gorn do oh seriously <laughs> so uh, yeah like I said I already gave my my take for the episode itself uh, so the summary for this episode is uh, from memory alpha the USS Enterprise comes face-to-face -face with their demons, and scary monsters, too, when their landing party is stranded on a barren planet with a ravenous enemy. I'm not sure that we needed that little aside in the middle of there, but uh, <laughs> I, we needed to make it a little bit more explicit, so that, that worked <laughs> just fine. <laughs> uh, and uh, let's see. Yeah, so we, we start off the episode uh, giving a, a bit of a, uh, a send-off ceremony for Uhura and two characters we've never seen before. Uh-oh. Uh Emily, how confident were you that they were going to make it out of this episode alive? I, I wasn't too confident. I was like, uh-oh, they're introducing new characters. At least one of them is not going to survive. I didn't yeah. really realize that or think that both of them were going to not survive. And a major character. I mean... Stakes were high in this episode. Yeah, we we needed to we needed to bring another red shirt along to to protect Hammer, uh, mm -hmm. but I, we didn't have enough of them. I, I guess, uh, yeah, I I, I think I, I was I was with you where I was a little bit suspicious that we we seemed like we were very attached to uh, to Cadet Chia and very much appreciated all of the great things that Cadet Chia has been doing around the Enterprise, uh, but like. I don't know. Duke just seemed like he was a, a a good, nice guy getting getting uh getting what uh what he had worked hard for. But I guess that's what happens to you in Star Trek. Is uh, if I've never seen you before and something good happens to you, it's because I need to make you sad uh, yeah. when you die in a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> for sure, for sure. Uh, yeah. So uh, uh, we. I, I think it's right after uh, that little scene there, we get a uh, a, a call from Starfleet for a, a, a set of priority one or another priority one message uh, or priority one mission. I forget exactly how it's uh, phrased there. Mm -hmm. um, 
and it seems like we need to go investigate what's going on with the USS Peregrine. Uh, but Emily, did you catch the uh, the reference to what our our current mission already was? Yeah, they were heading to Deep Space. Is it Deep Space Station K seven, which is where the problem with the quadratic Kaline and the triples and all of that happened in trouble with triples. <laughs> Wasn't it quadratic Kaline? I feel very yeah, accomplished for having kale maybe, but I, yeah, I, something, something like that. Yeah. Something it, like that had lots of syllables in it anyway. <laughs> so yes, I do remember Cause I said, wait, I think that's the same, the same space station that we've heard of in the original series. So that was yeah, a cool I, reference. I, I, I saw that the, uh, like the type of power cells or whatever they were highlighted in, uh, in memory alpha, but I did not click it. So I don't, I don't know what the reference is there for, uh, deep space, uh, K seven. Like it, I, I, w- I was assuming that we were going to uh, try to, I don't know. I, I felt like I could have used them, uh, giving us a, uh, a reference more close to the triples themselves or, or wheat or something like that. But mm-hmm. power storage cells, maybe, maybe they storage powered compartment. the storage compartment. They might've powered like the light bulbs that they use to uh, grow the wheat better or things like that. <laughs> uh, speaker, they can power speakers that play Mozart, which uh, some people play to their uh, plants for some reason. I feel like that's got to be just uh, uh, p- poorly uh, <laughs> designed studies that people are doing when they determine that playing Mozart to your, uh, tomatoes and whatever uh works that that doesn't seem like a thing to me but uh yeah so um uh so yeah we we get into the uh uh we probably make the the wrong choice of like how to split the crew up but we send two shuttles down to uh, the uss peregrine which is uh definitely uh uh not giving us gorn vibes because of how far we are from federation space which mm-hmm. I think the previous time we mentioned, like that, it was going to take two days for us to. Oh no, that was the pirates. Never mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, essentially, Enterprise has a lot of problems with uh, being on the edge of Federation space and being uh, more than two days away from uh, any sort of help. So uh, yeah, we learned that the USS per- Peregrine is a Sombra class built with Constitution parts and is fast, and its crash landed on a, a super cold class L planet. Um, I don't know how do you uh, how do you like the scene where we uh, we sort of show show up and we see that ship like uh, uh, how do you how did you like that? Well, I was thinking, you know, I think maybe I'll shout out. So I found a, an article, but I knew that this episode was clearly having some allusions to Alien. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I looked up what some of the references were, because a couple of them I caught right away. Um, and some of them I just needed a little help. So I'm going to shout out to Geek Girl Authority for the ones that I discovered um, through their website. So yay for them. But um, one of the things I forgot to mention was that um, I think Alien starts off around a breakfast table and that happens in this episode as well. Uh, they start around a breakfast table. And then that scene with the, enter- or not the Enterprise, with the Peregrine sticking up out of the mm-hmm. planet, that is very much um, an homage to um, one of the scenes in Alien where the ship is kind of sticking up out of a planet. And the, oh. the color scheme is really similar too. It's kind of that blue, purpley, gray kind of color. So, um, but it was a pretty cool shot and it definitely, it has a kind of iconic feel to it, the way the ship is sticking out of the planet. Yeah, that that, that was a, uh, uh, 
I don't know. It, it's it's one of those things where like re reusing like uh, parts from one of our ships. Like I, I think we called them like a kit bash in mm-hmm. a previous series, which was often like a way to save money. I mean, maybe they saved money on this because I, I suppose they didn't have to have. Uh, they might have had like some of the assets that they could kind of like reposition, but. This di- it it didn't come across as like oh this is just the episode where we're saving a whole bunch on our budget because uh, main... it, it felt like they're pulling out stops for this uh... oh for sure for sure but I the main way I noticed was just when they're actually on the ship it's I mean they were able to use the same sick bay they were mm-hmm. able to use you know so that kind of stuff was the same it's kind of similar to how they were able to use just redress the Enterprise last week for yeah. the um to make it the forest or the throne room or whatever. Which, which I, th- I think, however much I kind of didn't like that episode, it, it was interesting to have uh, kind of the, uh, basically a holodeck episode, but just use the ship itself so we didn't mm-hmm. have to uh, uh, kind of just recreate absolutely everything. So it, it was yes. at least, like, unique and interesting mm-hmm. uh, in in that sense. And, uh, yeah, I, I think... It, this was a, a definitely an interesting way for us to uh, reuse the 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 sets of the Enterprise without. I guess, I guess since we know that it's built out of Constitution parts, maybe it feels a little bit less weird to like go to a completely different ship and it happens to look identical on the inside. But uh, I, I I felt like their color scheme was a little bit different. Uh, maybe their captain was also a fan of Alien and uh, didn't think through that choice uh uh in in terms of the likelihood of their crew to survive but um yeah so the uh we we learned that the uh i uh the USS Peregrine had picked up a few passengers before mm-hmm. uh and resulting in this uh distress call um but i i guess uh i think i had i had seen some uh uh an interview uh, on uh, the ready room that talked about uh, that the Gorn would be returning. Mm -hmm. Uh, Did you, did you know that the Gorn would be returning for this episode? Yeah, I saw that same interview. It was the interview with Alex Kurtzman. He talked about the Gorn coming back. Mm -hmm. So as soon as I saw that this was kind of a, like, even when I saw the preview for this episode, which didn't show anything with the Gorn, I just knew it was kind of a horror kind of scary thing. I was like, oh, this is going to be in the the trails of blood on the ground. I was like, this is going to be another Gorn episode. Yeah. They always like to make those weird, pile up the bodies but then the bodies are missing uh type of uh blood mm-hmm. trails or, or whatnot but uh mm-hmm. yeah i i guess one thing that i liked though is uh uh we actually get to see those gorn uh instead of uh and i think um was it bill that, that talked about uh feeling a little bit weird that we're sort of holding so close to canon that we're just never going to see the gorn and uh like maybe it's still cool to just like we don't need to pay attention to absolutely every part of it, but it seems right. like we get around it here by, we don't see an adult Gorn, uh, right. which is uh, the part where they become extremely slow and uh, <laughs> are, are only dangerous in, uh, in fist fights uh, with humans with bare hands. Oh my gosh. I watched, so Travis had never seen uh, arena. And so the three of us watched it. Cause I figured that one it's okay for Dietrich to watch. Cause a guy in a rubber suit walking around going, Ugh. 
Oh, sorry, you all can't see me very slowly swinging toward the computer <laughs> as I knock my opponent out of the way. Going as but, fast um, as he can in that in that uniform <laughs> or in that costume like, spring. <laughs> that's not going to be scary for my four year old, so he can watch this. But he was very into it, though. So I think I think Dietrich liked the episode. But uh, but yeah, I was watching. I was like, oh gosh, like people who go back and watch this episode who like aren't familiar with Star Trek and don't realize that you know, this is based on an iconic episode. Yeah. It'd be like, what? That's the Gorn. <laughs> like, <laughs> so for us to have this prior knowledge of the Gorn before seeing how they're making them even scarier in this series, you know, it's just kind of funny. <laughs> yeah, it, it it is. Uh, that is one of those things that it's interesting to me because it's like, I mean, maybe it's because the Gorn or like because it was such a silly costume or whatnot, but it, it feels like the Gorn like as a species or concept has like uh far outlived uh what you would have expected from just a random episode of the original mm-hmm. series because mm-hmm. there's all sorts of like we've I don't know that we've seen the salt monster uh and stuff like that very much except for as a throwaway in uh uh lower decks or something right. like that so uh but yeah for some reason we we have fixated on the gorn for like 60 years or something yeah. like that it's very interesting uh but well you know i you gotta love the um the captain's log that basically says if anyone gets this message don't come here (laughs) after they're already on the (laughs) ship (laughs) yeah they 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 let us know pretty quick that uh this was an extremely bad situation (laughs) uh and yeah i guess none of those people survived um i guess uh uh how much danger so like we, we've certainly talked about the gorn being dangerous and there was that episode of of enterprise that had a i think a gorn was loose on the on the ship and stuff like that uh i i guess were, were, did you have anything in mind or were you expecting anything when uh in terms of like what this episode would be like like that we would we still wouldn't see the gorn ever but maybe some people would be killed i i guess what, what were you kind of expecting out of the action in this episode yeah, I wasn't sure. Like, I don't know that I necessarily expected to see any Gorn. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was surprised by that. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't really know that I had any expectation while I was watching it. I was just kind of along for the ride, you know, I was, yeah. and, and it carried me along. Like I was definitely interested as I was watching it and tense, um, you know, <laughs> so oh, was, yeah. I think they did a great job. Yeah. And, and I, th- I think for, for me, I was, I just wasn't sure how how the gorn could be like that dangerous where like a single gorn might be able to like kill the entire crew i th- i thought maybe like oh uh that like an entire gorn platoon or something like that had like taken over the ship and killed everybody well like the scene where drake gets dragged who the hell dragged him like you know like when he gets so he gets the little oh, thing yeah. on his neck and it like bites him or whatever and then all of a sudden he's like laying down in the corridor and he gets dragged away what the hell dragged him away like i, what I think that's that... maybe the one that's like the size of a dog uh later on like the the one that ends up spitting uh uh the goop uh in but that would have been wherever that was the cargo cargo bay but i feel like they were all the same for lack of a better word, litter. Like I felt like there were four that were born out of the back of the, um, out of Buckley, excuse me, out of Buckley. And Mm -hmm. then they killed one or one got killed by one of the Gorn. 
I feel like one of them killed the other one. Yeah. Like they were fighting whatever right when they got out. Like they showed that they fight immediately upon emerging from their Yeah, because La'an was definitely doing counting uh, for us, which I... Uh, at least like w- watching the episode, I'm like, how are you keeping track of <laughs> the score <laughs> as she's going through it? But, uh, but and yeah. how do you know there wasn't a secret one that was that just came out a little slower? I mean, gosh. yeah, I, I definitely got the sense that it, at the very least, like maybe these Gorn just like they grow to like four or five times their size over the course of a few hours or something like that. Apparently they do. Uh, unless this was an episode that that took place over several days. I I, I suppose they're they're not always explicit about like how how much time things are are, are unless yeah. they they want to make the uh make us be confused as to why we're uh uh having a therapy session in the middle of this evacuation effort um <laughs> i feel like it was a very accelerated growth rate so yeah so uh so i uh, it must have it it uh came down chomped on his neck and then grew three times larger and then dragged <laughs> him, him down. down the hallway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, speaking of, that was another homage to Alien. It didn't come out of his chest, but out of Buckley's back burst the the spawn. Which, which uh, maybe that's where Buckley's chest is. Uh, maybe. Is, is in his back. So it, it could have been the same thing. A little, <laughs> a little face hugger or whatever the, the those were called. Uh, I... At least, like, I'll admit most of my knowledge of uh, Alien is, I, I mean, I've seen it, but it's it's of playing video games uh, 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 that are in, like, the Alien, fr- uh, Alien like, universe or whatever. Yeah. And I think most of those were, like, on the Super Nintendo or something like that. <laughs> so it's been quite a long time since That's I've been uh, really exposed to Alien stuff. I, I think I was, I remember being very into uh, uh, The Predator uh, mm. When I was a kid, uh, I I liked his like weird uh, hinged mouth thing. Yeah, uh, that was pretty scary. Oh, uh, yeah, so uh, I I don't know. I that that scene with uh, with Buckley, I I was <laughs> I was kind of impressed that they made me feel like so bad for this person who was kind of just a star wars character of like yeah. can't understand anything that they're saying just kind of like jabbing at me with a stick and uh muttering stuff but like he was not doing good <laughs> before no. that happened and i was now granted i shouldn't put this um, maybe i'm just a cold-hearted person when it comes to children i don't think this is the case but <laughs> i was a little distressed that oriana just like walked away and didn't say anything to anybody like this is yeah. a sign that something super bad's about to happen. She just went and hid, which I don't blame her. She's a kid. It's not her responsibility to warn us. But also, I was like, clearly she's seen that this is a bad thing and she should get away. So maybe she should tell other people <laughs> to do the same. <laughs> Although I think there was an issue, uh, at, uh, an incident with a chicken nugget uh, uh, in my own life, which uh, might have resulted <laughs> in people just... <laughs> leaving the room this is true this is true so i need to tell the story now when adam was little like a year and a half he was eating some mcdonald's chicken nuggets and he inhaled one and started choking and my sister and i were there but we were not about to watch our little brother suffocate and choke to death that was traumatic 
But my mom was in the kitchen. So it wasn't like we didn't say it wasn't like he started choking and we just ran away and hoped she would figure it out. I think we were all alerted to the fact that he was choking on the chicken nugget. She went to go give him the Heimlich maneuver. Sarah and I dispersed and hid. I hid behind the half wall because I didn't want to watch my little brother die. That was scary. And so but my mom Heimlicked him. Got it. <laughs> Got that thing. <laughs> Flew out of his mouth. He started crying, and it was all fine. So, so. I think th- this is one of those stories that uh, I'm sure everyone has them, where it's it has just gotten embellished over yeah. over time, where it is it is turned into that uh, I was often the room uh, with just my sisters, and uh, <laughs> my mom had to just determine that this was happening without any. That's evidence. probably how my mother tells the story. She probably yes. tells it that Sarah and I just ran away, and no one alerted her to the fact that her youngest was choking to death. So I'm sure that's how she tells the story, but I do not remember it happening that way. I more was like, it was like when my mom went to go get my brother is when I ran away. Yeah. (laughs) So 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 if she's she's convinced herself uh, by telling the story that way, I'm I'm sure when our mom watches this episode, she's going to be like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I I mean, another little like tiny tragic moment, which I mean was it's like maybe a way for us to salvage last week's episode is, uh, uh Mbenga calls Oriana, his daughter, yeah, uh, that was... he's kind of defending her from, uh, La'an, which, uh, I, I, I'm glad that we're at least continuing that arc in his character. Uh, cause it, especially with such a, like an episodic, uh, Star Trek, it seems like we, we could have gone down the route of just like, oh, we resolved that part of his character, and so we'll, he'll never mention it ever again. Right. I did say, um, when I was watching this episode, I turned to Travis and I said, I'm glad they... That was sad. Yeah. I'm glad they had that line, because that kind of helped redeem slightly what happened in the last episode, because they tied it up so neatly Yeah. at the end of the episode. It felt like they could conceivably pull a Star Trek The Next Generation, or Star Trek The Original Series, and have... No impact whatsoever, yeah, based on what had happened before, but clearly they're they are having it impact his character, so I was glad about that, yeah, and then we'd have to hope that they have a a, a show called Mbenga in like thirty years where they like actually touch <laughs> on some of the <laughs> things that his character right. goes through <laughs> that's right uh yeah, so uh we i I guess uh with how much this ep- this show. Uh, talked up its transporters and their ability to detect uh, absolutely anything that uh, 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 is unknown in your body. It seems like maybe Goran eggs are not one of those things that the biofilters can can work with. So, yeah. Well, and this kind of seems like a... This, these are some of the things that they do in TV shows now. Maybe they did it before. I just noticed it so much and. Actually, I notice it in movies more than TV shows, but where you make the the um, the nemesis or the bad guy or whatever, like so formidable and so like extraordinary that you can't possibly detect them on any sensors whatsoever. It's like you just like part of me feels like I know they do that to make it scary, but it's also like you're also making it so that it's completely unbelievable that you could ever defeat them. And so when you defeat them, it has to be some deus ex machina that comes in and allows you to win you know and now they did find it i think they did find a an interesting way to be able to defeat the gorn in yeah, this episode like a, that worked with what they were saying so yeah relying on on laon's like gorn psychology knowledge mm-hmm. and stuff like that but yeah I, I think i agree with you that it 
like clearly they're extremely fast, strong, and very tiny, so they can like go in the Jeffries tubes, and the ship does not have enough power. We could like they could have said, "Oh, there's interference, and the ship doesn't have enough power, so that transporters can't work." Mm-hmm. So like even f- just from that, like they don't need to be completely undetectable to still right. be able to kill basically everybody uh, if they're they're able to like kind of jump into the the wall of the ship because they're super strong and just like uh, cut through anything like. Mm-hmm. Those uh, on their own would have probably been enough to uh, to make this just a, a a a super difficult fight. But yeah, I I, I think I agree with you there. Um, I I would have rather that they just kind of explain some of these things away by saying that like they are limited in how they can currently deal with it. Um, but I suppose maybe we we just uh, we want to keep the Gorn around to be scary in like the third episode that they'll show up which i'm assuming is is in the second season or something like that where we uh unless laon just says like i did it i i i solved uh uh oriana's thing and i also kicked some gorn's ass in uh, a special web episode that you'll never see um but yeah uh uh let's see um Trying to th- I, I think w- uh, we can probably deal with like the the elephant in the room for this episode yeah. uh, for for after the break. After the break, yeah. Um, is there anything that you want to cover uh, before we get there, though? Well, this. Uh, I, well, I'm just going to mention this because you were talking about Laan. You know, when she whether she would come back and just say solve the problem. Did you feel like this? This almost felt like a season ender. Like, I just found it interesting that there's one more episode after this because there were several beats that happened in this episode that made it seem like they were kind of like just yeah. teasing for the next. You know, one of them was was La'an saying, I'm going to go off and, and deal with this, you know. And then one was Uhura walking back onto the ship with a smile on her face. So you get the feeling that she's going to stay after all. And then... Yeah. um uh, offing a major character. <laughs> so that, those all seemed like things that would happen in season finales, you know, just well, interesting. Yeah. I, I like, I, I mean, I've seen some shows that have this kind of uh, structure to their, their series where they, they often have like a, something that seems like it should be like the season finale. Mm-hmm. And then they just have like a different episode. That's kind mm-hmm. of like, a, a, like uh, X amount of time later. Or whatever. I, I feel like I, I've seen, uh, uh, I think Mad Men does this. I feel like uh, Downton Abbey would would do these things mm. where they would have like the the super climactic event, and then there's just like 30 more minutes of just like oh, and, and three months after yeah. like this That's marriage true. happened or this That's person true. died, uh, and we're just going to kind of uh, keep going. So maybe just to sort of have like the anti cliffhanger kind of mm-hmm. thing going on. So like maybe that's what's happening. Unless we're just going to kill uh, uh, number one next week uh, huh. al- along with Ortegas, and then we can just bring in the whole cast of the original series uh, and just yeah, uh, yeah. Br- bring it all back. But yeah, I uh, it, it's I I I I think I agree with you that this this one felt. Um, uh, a lot heavier than I was expecting mm-hmm. kind of that any strange new worlds episode would get into. Uh, and I, I guess I, I'm usually, I, I like, I, I like stories to be, uh, uh, to like let things get a little bit dark and like allow for, for characters to die and, and mm-hmm. things like that. Um, as long as they're, uh, sort of 
dealt with Not in a meaningful children way. being sacrificed on the planet. Oh, uh. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> yeah, but, but, but at least, like, that that was, uh, uh, I, I will say that that episode, at least, it wasn't a just, like, throwaway kind of uh, situation right. that they dealt with in that one. <laughs> right, right. Uh, the... The cosplay episode it was a throwaway um so sure. yeah uh uh yeah I, I think we're probably good to to go to a break here mm-hmm. and we can uh return and and talk a little bit about uh what's going on with hammer i want to leave you with one last piece of advice open yourself Make a home for yourself amongst others and you will find joy more often than sadness Hammer. Hammer, please, please. Do not weep for me. I've had a good life. It's time for me to go. Welcome back, everyone. Uh, Emily and I are pretty boring when we're in the break because all we do is strategize about what we're going to be talking about next. Uh, uh, when we have the rest of the crew, I'm sure we'll have like product recommendations of like uh, what type of uh, washers do you like to use for your uh, uh, garden hoses and things like that. But uh, not not today. So uh, uh, let's see. So I. I Maybe it makes sense for us to just kind of get into like this the fight that actually happens with the Gorn uh, once mm-hmm. we the crew has sort of figured out uh, a strategy of uh, how to uh, uh, use the Gorn psychology against them, uh, uh, and I guess uh, we'll I'll, I'll mention a little bit because I, I think we forgot to to have this part um, earlier on in the episode. Uh, Hemmer and, uh- and Uhura were tasked with uh restarting the reactor uh mm-hmm. while everyone else just kind of like figures out what's going on uh and hammer got sprayed right uh before reunited w- with everybody but don't mm-hmm. worry uh he was saved It'll and all be okay. nothing, yeah everything will be okay well and he got sprayed uh he jumped in front of uhura so that uhura wouldn't be that's a good um, point attacked yeah. so yeah and uh, uh this this sort of like has laon is this is like a moment where she starts uh, really like taking charge in this episode and, and mm-hmm. having a, um, I mean, it makes sense with, with a Gorn episode, you want Laon to be uh, uh, sort of taking a, a bigger, um, being able to participate more, especially since this is like the close combat uh, type of stuff that Laon's supposed to be really good at. Uh, so yeah, I, I, th- I thought it was interesting having uh Mbenga talked to Laon about uh, maybe helping uh, Oriana through this a little bit, mm-hmm. uh, and I, I, I think I'll I'll just kind of uh, I mean we we rag on Discovery a whole lot, but uh, this one it, like I I got this uh, this way of of pitching this where like yes Mbenga maybe is the, one of the closest we have to like a counselor uh, uh, in the the current group of people. But I, I fully understand why he's saying that Laon is a good person to talk to uh, to Oriana because Laon literally was in Oriana's situation. Like she was a little girl of around the same age, it seems, uh, uh, when she was sort of in that uh, corn colony harvesting type situation going on. Yeah. Oh, were you gonna were you gonna rag on Discovery? 
You didn't. I, you didn't do your rag on Discovery. I, I didn't do. I, I, if it was Discovery, I, I, he would have been telling Michael Burnham that she should do it instead, even though she had nothing in common with Oriana. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but that—that's not what happened. <laughs> this was another little homage. This one would have been to Aliens instead of Alien, the second movie in the Alien franchise, um, because there, there's like some, uh, there's that little girl Newt. That's in Aliens and Ripley kind of sees herself in Newt kind of thinking about ways that she can help. She's thinking like she can help Newt kind of through some of this in ways that she wouldn't have had. Um, And that's kind of what La'an is now being able to see herself kind of maybe she can help Oriana through this. So that was another little homage that they had yeah that that's a and, and i i appreciate that because it's it's an homage that also um like it makes sense uh mm-hmm. in the context of like the show itself uh, right. and isn't isn't as much of a like it's an homage because i really like that movie uh, right right situation. but it actually fit within the story yeah so i i, I really like that i did not catch that because i um again most of my knowledge is uh from uh <laughs> super nintendo game <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and yeah, those those aliens look really cool. So I remember I, I drew them a bunch when I was a kid. I remember uh, that. Uh, th- those like weird, the like the teeth that were in, or the mouth that was inside the mouth was just uh-huh. wild. Uh, so yeah. uh, great, great character designs there. So uh, uh, gotta gotta love that uh, creature Speaking stuff. of great character designs. Oh, well, this is a, I, well, I'm going to say it now anyway. It's a trivia thing, but those were puppets that they were using really? In the episode, it was not CGI. The CGI was to take the puppeteers out of it. So they actually had these little puppets and they were on these little like, like, um, not wires, but, um, like little metal rods and they had them attached to the hands and the heads that they could get them to move and they'd have them, you know, hop down and it was puppeteers that were moving them. And then the, um, bigger adolescent Mm -hmm. Gorn had like, like a hand up moving some of the stuff but i mean there was some animatronic stuff yeah with yeah it i'm too, sure but it was yeah it was all like actual practical effects not That's so cool yeah because uh, it, it's it's one of those things where like you you assume that oh well we're, it's the year 2022 like it's probably just easier to just do everything in computer graphics like yeah no like I, I, they even called out um in a uh i think it was in the that uh interview with alex kurtzman where he he said like we uh, even though the ship, the show like looks really good, we still don't have like movie budgets for everything. Mm-hmm. It's like we we can't have a fully CG animated character in the show. Like that's right. just too hard and expensive. Right. And so yeah, we're, we're uh, but but the thing that we are able to do with like the computer graphics is like we have practical effects that we can make look very much more real uh, by just enhancing it a little bit and like mm-hmm. yeah, cutting away the the puppets and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, in the original series, you would have been able it it they would still have like the hand of the puppet visible or the guy <laughs> guys, you could clearly see him in the background moving the curtain or something like that. But uh, it's, uh, it's just, it's amazing what they can, what they can do with all of this stuff now. Oh yeah. Um, so yeah. And, and that's definitely, uh, I, I, I rewatched uh, Jurassic Park re- recently. And of course those mm-hmm. are all like uh, uh, animatronic uh, dinosaurs and, and, and things like that through a lot of that. And like, the show that movie looks surprisingly good still yeah. and it's you, just wild something from the early 90s <laughs> you need to watch the movies that made us i think it's the movies that made us they have an episode on Jurassic is that, Park. that on netflix it's on netflix yeah. yeah 
So, um, but yeah, the Jurassic Park episode is really interesting. So you should watch it. Because I think, I feel like they did, either they toyed with trying to do some computer graphics on it and they weren't able to, or they finally were for like a scene or I can't remember, but they were doing, they were yeah, trying. I, I feel to like probably the it. like super far away shots might've been a, a little bit where they have like mm-hmm. the sauropods and the mm-hmm. uh, other mm-hmm. dinosaurs that are sort of in that, that scene where, uh, 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 Dr. Grant is just like overcome and, and, and like is nauseous uh, or yeah. like gonna vomit to just from yeah. being so excited of seeing yeah. dinosaurs. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, so uh, great job in the in the special effects on the, this episode and, and really the show overall. Like it, it's uh, mm-hmm. this is like probably the best looking Star Trek that I've that I've uh, seen uh, for the most part. Mm-hmm. So um, I yeah, so let's see. We we get we get down to uh actually like devising this plan where they're going to um uh try to trap the Gorn and uh uh Hemmer is, has been working on on something with Laan and they they have sort of those I don't know what those pods are for, but uh that we've seen them in previous episodes. Mm-hmm. Uh and they have like I think they have like big like snowflakes on them or something like that. So uh that was the air that was in the episode um the other episode with the gorn actually it was they were oh. supposed to be delivering oh, yes. some sort of i i want to say air conditioning unit i don't know that that's really what it was called uh but i think it was an atmospheric or, processor that's or what something. it was so, so like um, i mean basically an yeah. air conditioning unit that maybe like also pumps out oxygen or something yeah yeah <laughs> um yeah so uh uh I, I, I guess yeah we may, maybe we're we're I've, it's I'm just kind of stalling for time now but uh, essentially well, we, could, we we could mention Spock because yeah. the whole Spock thing kind of starts before what we're stalling for time because we don't want to get to we're trying to like prolong this person's presence in the show <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah uh, so we I mean we've had uh, I mean Spock is obviously like one of the the major characters that the show has to deal with and like keep sort of interesting throughout each mm-hmm. uh episode but here we have uh we we challenge him uh to kind of open up his emotions as a way of being able to fight the gorn uh which I mean we've definitely like had Vulcan storylines as sort of talk about like letting your in your emotions or not uh mm. but i i thought it was interesting seeing how out of control spock became uh mm-hmm. from that and mm-hmm. i guess i i appreciate it from that level of um we're often we haven't talked about how like the vulcan the reason that they're so logic bound is that they sort of learned the lesson of uh uh having their emotions be unchecked but so I, I appreciated uh, getting to see that a little bit and not just have it be kind of a lore dump situation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, no, it was good. Yeah. And uh, uh, glad he didn't uh, actually kill uh, Sa- uh, Samuel Kirk. <laughs> Things were getting was... a little heated there, huh? <laughs> yeah. The, it, it, uh, I, I, it brought back flashes, flashes back to the 2009 Star Trek of uh, Spock choking out Kirk. Yeah. Uh, so... <laughs> Uh, yeah. Uh, let's see. Yeah. But so we, we get to that point where the, uh, the plan actually goes as according to plan as it can go. And they end up freezing the Gorn. La'an gets to, to do the dramatic, uh, 
cracking the uh or shattering the the frozen creature which i mean the moment i saw it frozen solid i knew that someone was going to have to come and like yeah. dash it to pieces for sure uh, so th- that that felt appropriate but um yeah were were you expecting this to really be the end of hammer not at all i was totally shocked like it really I had no idea that they were going to do that with Hemmer. And so I was very sad and I did tear up. <laughs> I just thought it was super emotional. And yeah. um, I, I mean, I felt it was emotional from him. It was heartbreaking for Uhura because he made that comment to her earlier in the episode. Like, yeah. you know, you make friends really easily, but you're purposely not doing that. Like basically calling out like it seems like you're trying to not do that and you don't want to be close to anybody you know, I mean, makes sense. She lost a lot of her family, yeah, the, you know, those, so people will leave you if you become close to right, them. Right, right. Uh, and so so she's kind of, you know, whether she meant to or not, she's close to Hemmer. And here he goes. I was like, this is terrible. But no, I did not expect that. I was like, oh, my God, what? Yeah, um, I, I mean, it, it's I, I, I was really impressed with how much I was able to be kind of just surprised by that Mm -hmm. moment but it still fully made sense in terms of how it connected the like early in the episode and also like thematically like i i I mean i knew from the beginning like they're setting up that this is the episode that convinces uhura somehow uh Mm -hmm. to like stay in starfleet and it's and so it's just like hammer is going to give her some sort of lesson i it's just i i wasn't prepared for for like this really to be the lesson but it's also like I, I mean, the foreshadowing is beautiful in this episode, both mm-hmm. both from uh, the previous episode that Hammer and Uhura, like, uh, spent so much time together. Like, he talked, like, they talked about death and mm-hmm. uh, and how, like, he's fully, like, when it needs to happen, he's fully comfortable with it because he, he like, knows his purpose in life. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's something, like, to fix uh, what's broken. Yeah. And uh, that Uhura, I, I mean, in, in the previous Gorn episode, it's sort of, like, uh, oh, we know that Uhura can't die because uh, Uhura hasn't like learned her lesson yet, or hasn't uh, uh, her her life's purpose purpose hasn't been revealed, uh, which is why she survives every single uh, Star Trek movie too. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that this... they didn't know how to give women a purpose to be revealed back in the original <laughs> series. <laughs> yeah, sorry, <laughs> they did not. They did. Oh my not. gosh! Even when we were watching Arena, I was like. Oh, the soft focus on women makes me so mad. <laughs> it's just like, oh, oh we need like a recut of uh, of the original series. <laughs> all this, although maybe sharpen then there's no focus women on the women. Yeah, right, yeah, it, it's like it, probably you have to sharpen the focus because if you cut out all the soft focus scenes, there won't There'd be, be any no women. women. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Um, because a woman's job is to look beautiful on the bridge. That yeah, is a and to job. to add add tension to the scene because they're scared. Uh, yeah, to scream. Uh, yeah, to scream. Yeah. Uh, uh, to scream because yeah. the red shirt next to them got killed. Right, uh, right, right. Or yeah. because the captain suddenly disappeared, and so then you scream. Yeah, like yeah. I, so I, I wouldn't. That's, if that's you just suddenly disappeared <laughs> from front in front of me, I I wouldn't scream. I'd be like, uh, Adam, where'd you go? Um, Adam, did you slip out? Like, I, I, my reaction would not be to scream, but Uhura's reaction <laughs> in the original series was to scream. <laughs> so. Yes. Ugh. Good yeah. times. Uh, it, it, it's, it's definitely one time. of those, yeah. like, I, I, I've seen a few people talking about, like, I, I just love, like, a reshoot of, of the original series. I'm like, 
I mean, maybe. <laughs> it's definitely, uh, it's it's one of those things like uh, you can get excited about watching the original series because like you want to learn more about like this creature that we introduced in Strange yeah. New Worlds. So, like, yep. No, it's it like just like read about it a little bit or something. <laughs> like, it's yeah. if you want to read some some lore, like you maybe there's probably some great Star Trek books that are that are set with those characters. I don't know mm-hmm. if the series mm-hmm. is really something that I would super recommend, um, at least for for modern sensibilities uh, in audiences. But um, but yeah, I so something that this this makes me think a little bit about is. Um, uh so we we're we're killing off a main character and which is just generally not something that star trek does very often mm-hmm. uh it uh at least like my my impression like uh throughout the the years is that it's it's often been like a uh the 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 reason the character gets killed off is because like the produ- the producers don't like that person anymore like the actor or like there's some scandal that results in them getting written off or that it's uh, that person like doesn't think Star Trek is like the thing for their uh, career and they want to like kind of do something else. Uh, so I, uh, but like w- with how focused these seasons are, uh, and, and I mean it was uh, confirmed in the uh, the uh, the ready room uh, or not the ready yeah the ready room uh, episode uh, that like they planned for this to be like Hemmer's arc, uh, which I. I, I, I guess I I appreciate this a lot more than say like Tasha Yar's death, where it's just mm-hmm. kind of like we're just going to kill her randomly uh, mm-hmm. after like giving her a, a bunch of backstory and like kind of te- teasing that there are things we're going to get into and then we just don't and she's mm-hmm. just dead. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I I appreciate that we we like put it to as much use as, as it as it is. I, I I have slightly awkward feelings about. Uh, uh, it's it's essentially like Hemmer, Hemmer, like both from a, a character, but also like the the actor standpoint. It's uh, like we had a blind actor portraying a blind character, mm-hmm. which I think is just like incredibly cool. And yeah. it's just like we then uh, we killed him. Uh, I know. Right away. I kind of felt that way too. Like it 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 feels like we're getting close to kind of the the fridging uh, mm-hmm. uh, trope that happens to uh, uh, LGBTQ characters. Uh, all over the place um but it's uh the uh yeah i i I guess i don't know the i i i will say though that that like hammer's character and like the actor's performance i i'm just i'm so impressed with basically every single aspect Mm -hmm. of it and i mean if you're if you're going to go out, like he had a good death uh, mm-hmm. from my perspective. Like we, we got to see him be like as, as heroic as like any, uh, any main character like gets to be in Star Trek. It was uh, one of the best deaths in Star Trek. I think Spock's was really good Yeah, in Wrath of Khan, but I yes. feel like, I feel like this ranks up there. It was just really well done. Yeah. And it's just, I, I was, especially for how much I, I just was, I mean, Probably when you're watching Wrath of Khan for the first time, you're also not uh, uh, prepared for for Spock's death necessarily. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, and it's I, I, I guess the thing is like 
uh, I had some thoughts of like, oh, well, he's an Anar, so he is cold resistant and he can just like go out into this super cold planet and he'll be fine because it's just like Andoria. But then he just like fully jumped off of the Enterprise into a giant canyon. I think that that was doing as much as they can without just like going full like uh, uh, gruesome, like the uh, the boys type style where we would have seen like his splatted body uh, uh then like this is I'm as not far as they watch can the go. Boys now, uh, if if gore is not your thing, do not watch the boys. Okay, uh, good that to goes know. for uh, everybody. I just uh, thought about it because you know, I considered it because one of my boyfriends is in it, but now I'm not going to watch it. <laughs> I, I I will say it's that show. It ha- it is uh, uncomfortable to watch it at times, but it also has like re- it's really incredible in a lot of ways. Yeah, uh, yeah. and it's uh, especially like as a response to um, how I mean, just sort of the the overuse of uh, superheroes in our mm-hmm. in our culture and and whatnot. And it it, well, it is definitely sort of the like what would superheroes be like in the real world or like if it, if they were actually real? And the answer is they would be monsters. Uh, and so, yeah, that show fully gets into it and it's, uh, I'm, I'm loving it, uh, so far, cool, cool. but it's, uh, there are definitely moments where I, uh, uh, there are a lot of reasons to be uncomfortable with that show. And, um, so I, I certainly, when I meet someone who's just like, I couldn't do it, like I, I fully get it. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of, um, of Hemmer jumping off the cliff, that was another homage to aliens this time alien or to the alien franchise this time Mm -hmm. to alien three because at the end of that ripley discovers that she's infected and so she hurls herself into molten lead which i have to say sounds a whole lot more painful than jumping off of a cliff and splattering i don't know i think i'd rather die by splattering than by diving into molten lead i feel Mm. like i would die faster if i splattered at the bottom of a canyon then yeah, i don't maybe. know molten lead like burning Mol- sounds like an awful really way hot. that's yeah well, that, i guess yeah. i guess lead actually melts sooner than a lot of other metals though so yeah i don't know i think but just think of all the blistering and the oh oh awful yeah. awful like like the little tiny burns that i get from my flat iron imagine that all over my whole body no thank you like yeah i mean there's this really dark place to get to but it's sort of like the thought of like what 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 is the like least painful way like if you're gonna die like this dramatic way what's the least painful way like can i shut off my brain faster than like my nerves can tell me that i'm in pain uh like if i dive head first into that molten lead is that not so bad uh but um but yeah i i just uh it i mean it was a it was a beautiful moment uh like but it's just an incredible shot seeing Hemmer sort of jump away. But, and mm-hmm. and also just like the, the, the feeling of like all the other characters kind of being like locked behind the door and like, they can't help him right. and sort of the, the, the resign that they're, that others have also is just like knowing like he has to do this. Like this mm-hmm. is the only way to, mm-hmm. uh, to like save everybody. And it's just, um, yeah, I, I was, it was a, it was a gut punch. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, I, I, I saw lots of anger on, uh, on Reddit and I mean, there's definitely the, um, kind of like what I was talking about is like, we're, we're killing off the, uh, the, uh, like the only blind actor that maybe Star right. Trek has 
had uh at least uh, as like a main character uh mm-hmm. or like a blind character that is a blind actor and not uh i mean i, I uh love lavar lavar burton and his portrayal of Jordy, but uh but he's not the, blind yeah. yeah he's not really blind it's sort of the i i a couple times i take off my visors so that it, we can have the cool pearlescent eye effect but um so yeah i i'm un- uncomfortable from from that perspective but i i'm glad that we at least gave him like i've for me, like one of the most powerful like character arcs that has ha- has happened mm-hmm. in Star Trek. Mm-hmm. Um, so great, great job to uh, to the writers for pulling something like that off. And uh, yeah, I'm just uh, uh, sorry. I'm uh, uh, wanting to. Oh, Bruce Horak uh, uh, is the the actor for yeah. for Hammer. He has a and, great voice fabulous voice and Mm -hmm. uh yeah uh, as we've talked about before like i i just i really appreciate how he was able to portray this character in a way that um uh people that uh like sighted people portraying blind characters if there's there's a lot of like overacting that happens or or whatnot it's just yes i i just uh he he gave so much to this role and it was Mm -hmm. uh amazing getting to that we, we got to spend so much time with him and I'm, I'm sad that it was only a, a one season arc and not uh, like two or three or something like that but uh yeah yeah and every moment we used him was was a great one so uh uh it, even that extremely bad episode that was the second last one he was with. <laughs> <laughs> he was one of the best parts of the episode yeah he he, he was he, he got to shout science uh and things like that Abracadabra. Um, <laughs> uh, so yeah, we we have a, a sort of a, a touching uh, scene with a funeral where uh, Ortegas is like slightly racist uh, by calling him a blue meanie or something, which also doesn't make sense to me because he's not blue. He's um, not. But she just made a generalization because he lived from the same planet as yeah. other as Andorians. Andorians and Enar are not the same. Nope. I guess he did have blue blood. Oh, okay. He? I would imagine. I think they never showed, but I would. I would imagine they. Yeah, might probably. Have blue blood like the. Android. It's probably like that. His his skin has protective things to so that mm-hmm. his blood doesn't freeze or, mm-hmm. I, what what whatever uh, a justification they can have for him uh, being right. white instead of being blue. Well, uh, he lives under in caves, like underground. So that's the justification for why he's white yeah, instead fair. of blue. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, I'm I'm. Uh, uh, I, I, I'm just I'm glad that we have an ANR character. It made uh, the sort of reveal that ANR exists in Enterprise. It was a a great payoff of like mm-hmm. now we got to have a fabulous character mm-hmm. uh, as one of them. So that mm-hmm. was cool too. Um, uh, we we had a, a moment uh, out of the um, after the funeral that like Spock clearly is dealing with his uh, emotional sort of like release that happened with mm-hmm. the Gorn. Uh, have kind of an emotional moment with Chapel. Uh, yeah, I, he can't get it under control. Like he's, what yeah. did he say to her? Something like, "I can't, I can't control it anymore," or something. And she yeah. says, "That's your human side." Yeah, it's very touching. I thought they were going to kiss. I, I did. I did too. Which I mean, maybe will. I'm trying to decide. Like, will they just fully have a relationship and then they'll break up and she'll meet her husband or something, mm-hmm. or will this just be lots of episodes where we think that they're gonna kiss and then they don't kiss? 
Yeah. Uh, and they'll just yeah. do that for however many seasons this show is on the yeah, air. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. Yeah. Uh, cool. Anything else you want to uh, cover before we get into uh, ratings? Um, I don't think so. You had a trivia thing that you wanted to share. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, Oriana's played by Emma Ho, uh, which is the twin sister of Ian Ho, who uh, played the first servant. Uh, and if you uh, recall what we mentioned, and also maybe just like you used your pattern recognition that is uh, a lot of people have in their ability to look at faces uh, uh both of them were on the expanse uh as uh car and zan uh which uh the the two kids in the um uh is it the sixth season that uh they uh encounter the um the uh what is the name of them in the book they're the um I don't remember. I haven't read the book. I've only seen. Yeah, the show. she she calls them like the dogs or something like that. But mm. they they are uh they're repair drones. That's what that's what they're called in the books. Oh. Okay. Uh, so yeah, uh, they appear to be aliens. Not exactly aliens if you read the books. Mm. So um, uh, go watch the Expanse, everybody. I think the the greatest science fiction that's ever been on uh, uh television. It used to be Battlestar Galactica. Battlestar Galactica has been dethroned as far as I am concerned. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. And you uh, mean the new Battlestar Galactica, not the one from the I, I was referring to the original one. Uh, you know, <laughs> like with the, the part with space Nazis and the, and the clowns, just top-notch uh, sci-fi that uh, and anyone should, should, should watch. They have space Nazis and clowns in Star Trek, too, so, you know. Fair. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but not in good episodes. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> Although I, I guess the the Herogen taking yeah. over Voyager that was no that, that was... wasn't that wasn't that was a good episode. The, yeah. um, I can't remember the name of it now. Killing for, the for killing however, game. Yeah, for, forever. However, however ridiculous the setup was, like it was, I remember it being good. Yeah, it uh, was. Uh, the blue uh, Nazis in Enterprise was not a good episode. No. I don't believe. No. Uh, so, um. With that, let's let's get into uh, ratings. Uh, do you want to jump in here, or should I? I'll go. I'm going to give it a ten out of ten. No, I'm not. I'm going to give it a five out of we five. We did it. We we did it. Uh, Emily has defeated her. Oh, uh, five her, out of five. five. I scale. go back. I go back. Erase that part. I, I I'm going to give it a five out of five. See, now I gave you a clean place to cut that other part out. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm definitely going to spend the time doing that. Yeah, I know. So, oh well, five out of five. I give it a five out of five. I just thought it was a good episode, and you know, an episode. That is pretty consistently good throughout. I'm not a horror person, yeah. but um, I did enjoy the episode. I was I was tense during it. You know, it had me on the edge of my seat, wondering how this is going to play out. And then to have it end with Hemmer's death was just, yeah. And it was it was a good death. It didn't feel pointless or stupid or you know they yeah. they did him good. Um, and I did I did think the stuff with Spock was kind of was touching as well. Um, with Spock and Chapel, like yeah. kind of seeing that level of their friendship. And so I appreciated that as well. And, and I felt like they kind of laid out a good motivation for Uhura to stay um, mm -hmm. with Starfleet. And so anyway, I just thought across the board, it was good. Yeah. For, for how episodic this series is, 
all of the episodes feel just really well planned uh mm-hmm. and like the the threads that they're drawing across them uh have sort of fit into each other really really mm-hmm. well so i mm-hmm. i am also going to give this one a a 10 out of 10 just like emily gave uh and five out uh, of five yeah I, I, like the, the, <laughs> this is I, and it's and it's weird because yeah it, it's i'm i'm not super into horror or or things like that mm-hmm. but uh this is an incredible episode of star trek uh and and it's it's made better by the other episodes that are in this season that sort of like lead up to this like we we were prepared in a lot of different ways for the arcs that were resolved Mm -hmm. uh in this episode and i'm Mm -hmm. uh, interested to see kind of the fallout of this too so yeah uh great job everybody uh with with that i think we're ready to go into the end credits um Thank you, Emily, for for joining me on this uh, fine Sunday afternoon. Yeah, thanks, Adam. It was fun. Uh, thank you to the other co-hosts for this podcast, uh, Notch, Bill, Rudy, Max, and Dinah. And uh, I want to thank you, listeners, for uh, just listening to us every week. And uh, Gildara for being uh, our uh, uh, sneaky Patreon subscriber. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> Uh, and I want to give a thanks to uh, Jishnu Guha, as always, for our theme music. It's mm-hmm. just a great way to start and end every episode that we have. And got to give a special thanks to Hemmer. Yep. You're a real one. Yep. Bye, everybody. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>